is Colts Preview Day in Indiana. The Colts are playing the Detroit Lions this week, and here we are on the Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. How are you today, bud? I'm ready for some Colts football. That's one hell of an intro, my guy. Thank you. Call me um, Pat McAfee. You did sound like Pat. Man, so first off, I'm just ready to watch a NASCAR race, personally. I've been waiting for this NASCAR You're race kidding to be me. going. You're kidding me. Right now, we, we just got done with the bye week. Colts are in football mode again. You're talking about NASCAR. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I am. Oh, my God. Because this NASCAR race was supposed to take place on Sunday, and it's just been raining. So that's that's my highlight for this evening. Going to crack open a couple beers, watch a NASCAR race. But I am excited to talk Colts football with you, as always, here on The Educated Fan. Colts coming off their bye week, uh, going up against the Detroit Lions this week uh, before they face the the toughest part of their schedule. Definitely a game that we can't look past because if we do, um, I think this Colts team will sit at four and three rather than five and two. This Detroit, they've played, they've won a couple close games. Um, and I think they've, they have some, some pretty good players on that team. So it's, it, like I said, it's definitely not a game that we can look over. We need to take them seriously. Um, but it's like, it's a game we need to take care of business up in Detroit to, to get where we want to be. Um, and I'm excited to break it down with you, man. Well, let's talk about it. The Colts are opening up as a favorite uh, here by FanDuel because DraftKings is experiencing some technical issues today. Colts open up as a minus two and a half favorite against Detroit at a minus 158 money line. Detroit at plus 134. Over under set at 50. Uh, The over is at minus 115. Just a little bit of a lean on the over from Vegas uh, compared to minus 105. Hammer the over. Hammer the over. I guess so. Hammer the over. Um, Well, shit. Now you just made me forget what I was saying. Yeah. So Detroit, (laughs) the Detroit Lions are three and three. Okay. I mean, they, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't think of the Detroit Lions as a team to be worried about. uh, But they beat the Cardinals, who beat the Seahawks this week. So, I mean, they're no slumps. And they've got Matthew Stafford, who is a phenomenal quarterback. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, you, he can definitely still sling it all over the field. The Lions, the Lions aren't going to be be an easy task. Um, I, I definitely Matthew Stafford definitely can still play. Kenny Galladay, uh, the wide receiver there, definitely can make some plays. He's he's big. He's got quite a bit of a catch radius, um, and it's something that I think the Colts defense needs to be prepared for because. We kind of saw it against Cleveland. Um, Even if you have tight coverages, good receivers can still make plays. Uh, There were multiple times throughout that game where Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry were were recovered pretty tightly, and they still made some circus catches. So that's something that the Colts are going to have to pay attention to is while while they are going to have probably some tight coverage on Kenny Galladay Galladay with with Xavier Rhodes, Rocky Singh, Kenny Moore, wherever he lines up, 
that might not be enough. And it's definitely something that the Colts need to get their hands in on the ball, try to make sure that, that those big completions are not giving up those big plays. So I think that's priority one. Um, and, and I mean, I don't know how much you've watched the lions really this year, but it seems like Galladay is definitely Matthew Stafford's favorite target. So that's, that's definitely going to Has be a been point for of a emphasis. few years now. I feel like, Oh, Oh yeah. So that's definitely going to be a point of emphasis. I also think that I don't have the exact stats on it. Um, I'm not sure how Detroit's running game is offensive. Allow me to tell you. Go ahead. Uh, very low in rushing yards. The Colts, as a matter of fact, worst in rushing yard in rushing yards on offense. Um, Detroit was only a few down the list, so probably in the neighborhood of 26, 27. Okay. I do know they have some some backs that can definitely make guys miss and, and be productive. Um, they've got the rookie DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. He was taken before Jonathan Taylor in, in the second round of this year's draft. I know care I'm not sure if Carry on Johnson, he seems like he's either he's a lot of times held uh held out because of injury. But he's definitely a, a big bigger running back that that can that pound the rock. So the Colts in the run game, I think that's that's something that we can we can really excel and, and kind of make this team one dimensional. Um, like you mm-hmm. said, they're not very good uh, uh, running the ball on offense. So if we make them one dimensional, Matthew Stafford, while he can make some plays, he's he's got some Philip Rivers in him. And what I mean by that is he forces the ball sometimes and he can make some boneheaded plays. And he's like a this, better Philip Rivers. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's better. I'd maybe put him on the same tier. Got a better but, arm than Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, Matthew Stafford has one of the best arms in the league. That's Anyways, damn right. He, if we can force him into some mistakes like that, I mean, we've got some ball hawks in the secondary. I mean, Julian Blackman seems like he's making a a, a great play every week. Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes, uh, the, those guys. If you're if you're gonna test them. I mean, good luck because they've shown that they can, when, when mistakes happen, um, like with, with Sam Darnold, he was making, he was trying to force some throws. Kirk cousin was trying to force some throws to, to Adam Thielen and look what happened. So when you force throws to your wide receivers, these Colts DBs are going to make you pay. So right. I think that's, that's kind of what, what our strategy needs to be is if we could stop the run and really force it into Stafford's hands. I think you can, you can force them into some mistakes. Well, and I, think that a lot of the stats back you up in that, Andrew. Let me break some down for you. Um, So you mentioned the Colts need to stop the run game in order to put it in Matt Stafford's hands, make him to force mistakes. So the Colts are still first in passing yards allowed. Okay? Um, So if we get him to do that, if we if we force them into those situations, we're going to be successful. We're third in rushing yards allowed in the league. According to mm-hmm. NFL.com, that's where I'm getting my, uh, you know, rankings here, um, and some really really fun stats to go along with the idea that we're able we're going to be able to stop the run and create um, some issues for their passing game. We have more interceptions than we have passing touchdowns allowed. When was the last time you could say that about a Colts defense? Probably never. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that it, in what we we are we in week eight now week eight somebody kill me football's almost half over um so not only that the Colts are first in safeties in the league the Colts are tied for first with the Chiefs in pick sixes at two we have the most interceptions in the league 
and we're only allowing 6.6 yards per attempt in passing defense, which is the third best in the NFL, but very close to first. Very close to first. Um, and that's a very, like, people talk about that set high on the importance list, yards per attempt. Um, so I think what you're saying is got to be the Colts' plan. Stop the run, and then our secondary is going to do some serious damage. And and when you when you think about Matthew Stafford and this Lions offense, again, have I watched much much tape on the Lions? No. But when you think of Matthew Stafford and the Lions, you think of a team that that likes to push it down the field. They're not a team necessarily that will dink and dunk you to death down the field. These really long drives, things like that. So if the Colts defense can can kind of force them in that and take away the deep ball, like you said, with only giving mm-hmm. up about six yards per attempt through the air, that's just going to have forced Matthew Stafford into more mistakes. And it could lead to a couple interceptions. It could lead to him getting frustrated and trying to force balls in there. So I think that's, that's probably what, what Frank Reich and Matt, and Matt Eberflus are thinking. And I think it's, it's going to lead to success. Now, does that mean that the lions aren't going to score points? They probably will. I mean, Joe Burrow, looked good last week and, and some quarterbacks have had success against this Colts defense. So it's not like it's a, it's the, the Legion of boom in, in from Seattle. Sure. You can have success, but the Colts have the makeup that they can really fluster Matthew Stafford and, and force him into some mistakes. Yeah, I agree. Now, when it comes to our offense, Andrew, we're coming against a Lions defense. Who's pretty average. Um, 22nd in total defense, 20th against the pass, 26th against the run, uh, 20th in points allowed. Now, that is pretty favorable for a Colts offense who we still are not sure exactly who we are, um, how talented we are. Um, we got a lot, a lot of weapons. Phil Rivers, it seems, every couple games it's real good, then maybe real bad. Um, so how do you think our offense is going to fare against this defense? This this game kind of reminds me offensively for us anyway. I think we need to have the same kind of game plan that we did against Minnesota, um, where we were mm-hmm. feeding the ball to Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. He had over 100 yards in that game. Um, and the more carries he was getting, the better it was. Um, when we, when the media talked to some of the Colts, players and um, like Philip Rivers, uh, Ryan Kelly before the bye week, they were talking about how during their self scouting, the, the running game definitely isn't where they want it to be yet. They, they see, they, they, they think they're doing a pretty good job, especially like we've said on the podcast, especially against how loaded the the box has been for, for Jonathan Taylor, Jordan Wilkins, Naeem Hines, and this running game, they're facing a lot of defenders in there. Now I think maybe with, with Philip Rivers recent success, and if that continues, that's obviously going to change. But at the same time, the Colts were also with their self-scouting last week. They saw areas where they could improve in the running game. And I think that's that's what we need to do if we want to beat this team is kind of have that Minnesota-esque game where we we pound the ball. Um, Phillip Rivers is there to, to kind of manage, but we don't have to. I mean, while he did carry the team against against Cincinnati and we were able to come back, Again, that's not the recipe that the Colts want to have to win every single game. It's great that that we can rely on Phillip Rivers to to bring us back and do that when need be. 
but it's not going to be sustained success for where we want to go. So pounding the ball, getting Jonathan Taylor more involved, especially against the team that's ranked 26th against the run. We're going to have plenty of opportunities to really move the ball on the ground and, 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 and have a good day on Sunday. So I think that's priority number one. And I could definitely see Jonathan Taylor finally breaking off some pretty big runs where he's been very, very close the past couple of weeks. Now, Phillip Rivers does have more yards and a better passing uh, completion percentage than Stafford, but Matt Stafford does have three more touchdowns, two less interceptions. But a fun fact, another one I picked up this week, the Colts are tied for seventh in yards per attempt on offense, which kind of surprised me. They're tied with the Packers and the Rams. Ever heard of them? Um, so that does give me a little hope, you know, on top of what we've seen from Phillip Rivers passing the ball down the field, especially to a Marcus Johnson, um, gives me some pretty big hope for our passing game this week. Um, this week, or I'm sorry, I guess it was during the bye week, our media talked to Jacob Eason, um, talking about how he's been developing as a quarterback, um, how he you know, uses this time on Sundays, like a whole hour pregame, like making the throws, which you've talked about how <laughs> big of a bomb he's been throwing down the field. It's um, fun to get there before the games like I do and just mm-hmm. kind of sit and watch Easton do his workout. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see. He's got he's got arm talent, that's for sure. Right. Now, um, Easton also was talking about uh, what Frank alluded to about him, how much he's learning in the quarterback room, yada, yada, yada. Um, but this week, Easton kind of talked about how quickly Phillip Rivers is able to make decisions. Um, and I couldn't help but think, and this is big-time analyst, Brandon. Big-time analyst, Brandon, <laughs> right here. Okay. Um, made me think about how many times Phillip Rivers has been staring down his receivers. And I wonder, like, although, you know, Phillip Rivers making these decisions quickly is great. How many times is it hurting him? How many times is Philip Rivers making a decision at the line of scrimmage before the play even starts to develop, um, and he locks in on that decision he's made? Um, are, are these quick decisions sometimes causing some pain for the Colts' offense because he he locks in, he thinks this is going to be open, he stares it down, and then you know you get a pick six against the Browns, or um, he's just not going through any progressions and 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 taking a look at other options on the field. Yeah, I could see that. I also think that that Philip Rivers, because he's been in the league for 17 years, I don't think it's it's really he's he's locking onto one receiver. He knows he's not supposed to do that, and I don't. He think knows he's, he's not really, supposed to do that, but I don't see him leading off middle linebackers. I don't see him uh, looking off cornerbacks and and make and then switch into the place he really wants to go. I mean, I think it's because when you are looking at that, it's mostly on the plays that that he's making mistakes. You're not True. seeing that on 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 every single play where he's making the maybe the five to ten yard throws to a T.Y. Hilton to a Michael Pitt Jr. and and he is still making um, some good throws on that. So it's it's good to see. Um, I think that he is. While he does stare down the receivers from time to time, I don't necessarily think he's doing it on every throw. I think more we're just kind of noticing that. I'll tell you what that when he, when he has the bad throws. I'll tell you what this weekend. Do, I don't. You know what? This is ridiculous. Are we at home or are we in? De- we're in Detroit. We're in Detroit. Okay, so you won't be at the game. No. Maybe we'll watch it together this weekend. Who knows? Um, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to have my notebook out. 
and do my very best to keep track of every single pass and how many times I see Philip Rivers throw it to the first guy he's looking at and see if he's staring the guy down. Okay. Let's do yeah, some stats. Let's let's do some of our own stats here. Let's do it. All right. Now, now I do want to talk kind of in the same boat. So, first of all, here's a question for you. Um, don't look anything up, but who do you think leads the Colts in receiving yards this year? Um... Who leads the Col- it, receiver or any position? Who leads the Colts Jonathan in Taylor. yards this year? It's T.Y. Hilton. Shut the fuck up. It's T.Y. Hilton. You wouldn't think it is because he we haven't had that vintage T.Y. Hilton game yet. Who's second? And I think it's Mark. It's either Mo Alley Cox or Marcus Johnson. <laughs> Marcus Johnson, three catches down the field is enough to be yeah. second or third. But but it is it is T.Y. Hilton. And and I, I read an article uh, from The Athletic this week. Stephen Holder does a film review every week, and he focused in on T.Y. Hilton because everyone has been talking about, well, where's T.Y. Hilton? Uh, people think he's been playing bad. And that, that film review really showed a lot that, that T.Y. Hilton, while he may not be putting up these big numbers, and quietly he's still leading the Colts in receiving yards, He's doing a hell of a lot more than people notice. He's he's taking defenders. He's still teams are still very worried that T.Y. Hilton is going to wreck a game for them. Um, against Cincinnati, there were multiple times where T.Y. Hilton would go down the field and he'd still attract two to three defenders and it would leave the middle of the field open for a Marcus Johnson or a Zach Pascal, um, a Jack Doyle to make a play. Um, other times it was because just things things happen like the pass interference call on Zach Pascal, um, the pass interference calls uh, against T.Y. Hilton or that weren't called that should have been called when when T.Y. Hilton was going for a ball um, and those little things that he's still making his impact. And I think the point I'm getting to is while while T.Y. we keep saying like T.Y. Hilton needs to have a big game or that T.Y. Hilton might be showing age. I really don't think it is that when you take a deeper dive into things. And I just, I think that teams are respecting and are just so worried that T Y Hilton's going to wreck the game that they're giving him so much more, more attention because they don't respect the rest of the Colts receiving group. And I think with getting Michael Pittman jr. Back um, possibly with the, the, with my with Marcus Johnson having such a, a big role and showing that he can be good. Um, the more that Trey Burton gets involved within this offense, um, I think that will start creating things for T.Y. Hilton and for him to get a little bit more often, open a little bit more often. Um, and and really it doesn't seem like the Colts have have been have been focusing or really making him the vocal point of the offense like we thought either, which which could very well change if if more guys start getting getting attention and it's not just put all on ty hilton so i think that's something to watch in not only this game but in the games to come when we face a baltimore or a tennessee and or um, and a green bay we're going to need number 13 to make some plays and i think when his number is called upon now we haven't seen it that much but i think that will that will happen in hell maybe it even starts this weekend in detroit but it's definitely something that to keep an eye on I hope so. Uh, Andrew, let's keep it moving here. What is your prediction for this game? I am 
going into the Indianapolis Colts. I think they improved a five and two, the exact record we were last year before everything went downhill. But um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, while I do think this game could have tendencies like the Minnesota game, I think it will be more of a maybe 28 to 20. Um, so you got the Colts covering? 31 to 21. Oh, yeah, the Colts are going to cover. Don't bet on it, though, assholes. Oh, bad juju. Uh, but, yes, I do think the Colts win, and um, I think we move on to 5 and 2 before we face this daunting stretch in the schedule. How about you? A hell of a stretch after this game. Um, I got the Colts by a million. So like every week, <laughs> every week Colts by a million. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think, uh, what'd you, what'd you say? 28 to 20, 28 to 20, 28, 17, something like okay, that. Okay. So that proves Andrew's an idiot because before <laughs> this little segment, he was saying hammer the over and that's very under, um, what's the over again? 50. That's close. It's enough. not over though. It's under. You can't Fine. say hammer the over and then it's under. It's Let's an it's an under. Bet on the under. Thirty-one to twenty Colts there. Yeah, okay. That's um, I'm gonna okay. have to say under with somewhere in the neighborhood of what Andrew already said in points. Um, I, gotta give a, I gotta give a quick shout out to my coworker Alan. He's a Lions fan and a Cowboys fan. So it sucks to be him. That but, does suck. Uh, my boss, my 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 current store manager is a big Lions fan, and his wife's a Green Bay fan. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting combo. So his father-in-law got him Green Bay cornhole boards for Christmas <laughs> one year. Hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Um, so the trade deadline approaching on the 3rd next Tuesday, a.k.a. voting day. Hilarious. Um, do you think there are are any positions or any specific players out there that maybe the Colts ought to be trying to make a move for? Listen, Colts fans. The Colts are not going to be active at the trade deadline this year. They never are. And especially this year, nor should they. And here's why. Normally teams that are active at the trade deadline are doing it because they think they're one move away from the Super Bowl. Or... If, or they're selling everything off for, for assets. Right. The Colts are neither one of those. The Colts are a good team. Do I think we're one move away from a Super Bowl contender? No. That's that's number one. Number two, while they're unbeknownst to the Colts and they're trying to tamper it, the Colts fans have all this hype for Jacob Eason. Again, let's slow our roll. The Colts still do not have their franchise quarterback of the future that we know of. So right. if the Colts are going to make a move in the draft to jump up and get maybe a Trey Lance um, or a Zach Wilson, some one of these quarterbacks that could be drafted in the top 10, the Colts are going to need all the draft capital that they, they can have. Chris Ballard, number one, loves them picks. And if we're going to jump up in there, we're going to need plenty of draft capital to make that move. So that's number two. And, and number three is we can't really be taking on a bunch of these guys that would really make a difference with high salaries because the cap space that the Colts are going to have in the future, it's really not as, as much as it could, as it used to be, because we have Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, they're going to be requiring big contracts. So all of those things just, just kind of calm down. Colts will not, are not going to be active here at the trade deadline. Well, Andrew, what about a trade away? 
Is there anybody on the team you're like, okay, see ya, and maybe we get a high draft pick. Maybe maybe we make a trade to a Cincinnati a Cincinnati Bengals or or a team that might have better draft cap, you know height than us, and we we might toss away a player that could pull some draft capital. But who would that be? I don't know. That's why I just asked you, dumbass. There, there isn't. There isn't one. There, I see okay. people saying T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's not going to get a high draft pick. Not okay. Maybe not a high draft pick, but third round. No, I would if fourth. He, he, no, I would oh. say maybe a fifth round. People aren't going to want to take on a wide receiver like that. T.Y. Hilton is do, a number two receiver, though. Could do some serious damage this season right now. Yes, but I don't think the Colts want to give up T.Y. Hilton. That's fair. When I don't. Down, I'm not saying I want to draft. A, I, I'm not saying I want to trade away T.Y. Hilton. I'm just giving examples. I also see fans saying that they we should trade Jacoby Brissett to the Cowboys for like a second round pick. Number one, who said the Cowboys are going to give up a second round pick for for Jacoby Brissett? That True. Mean, that's number one. Number two, the Colts aren't trading Jacoby Brissett. They like him a lot. The people need to quit saying that. So. If I would be shocked, I'll I won't do the podcast. Don't the, say it. the Ravens week if they do make a trade, and I will do the podcast alone if the Colts <laughs> make a Ravens trade. Yeah, um, so that'll be fun. Or I'll bring in a special guest. Um, already have some in mind. Great. Um, so let's move along. Injuries: Darius Leonard growing limited practice. Michael Pittman Jr. leg limited practice. Full practice. Nope. Full, full practice, practice. Full practice. Kamoko Ture ankle limited practice. Frank Reich said this week, Kamoko Ture will not be on the field without about two weeks of practice. Um, to see what he still has. Um, or to see where he's at. I guess I don't want to say what he still has. But um, Mo Ali Cox knee did not practice. Reich said he's making good progress. Do you expect these four players? Mm, let's say three players because Frank was pretty cut and clear. Teray's not going to be playing until he's got some practice in. Do you see the other three playing this week? Yeah, Kamoko Teray definitely not. Um, I don't even know if he'll be back before the Ravens game. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., it looks like he has a very high chance as well as Darius Leonard. I think Darius Leonard being limited, that was just kind of precaution, just getting him back in the swing of things. Mo Alley Cox, I would probably have to lean 25%. It doesn't seem like he might be back. Um, he is still nursing the knee while he's making good progress. He would have to probably part be a full participant the next couple days for him to play. So Pittman and Leonard looks like it's really good. The other two, Thank not God. so much. Uh, Teray, though, coming back against the Ravens would be spectacular. So we'll cross our fingers there. Um, other Colts news, the Colts sign cornerback Will Sunderland to the practice squad and release linebacker Najee Good from the practice squad. So Najee Good getting released, it does mean that the Colts look like they're getting healthier at linebacker with, with Leonard and Matthew Adams like coming back. So good to see. All right, let's move it along to games around the league and NFL news. Recap of the week seven games we missed. The Cardinals surprised the Seahawks. 37-34 in overtime. Buddy, I went to bed when the Cardinals were down about 14 just fingers crossed that they finished a parlay I had at plus nine and a half. And I woke up, they won. Man, that was one hell of a game. I tell you what, if we're going to get Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray matchups for twice a year for the next for years to go, eight years, sign, sign, sign me, me up. up. Those two, those two are incredible. And, and Kyler Murray was making plays. Russell Wilson is 
the MVP this year. I don't really know how you um, argue against that, but Seahawks get their first loss. Now the only undefeated is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. So the Rams beat the Bears 24-10. The night of that game, I had some second thoughts about my pick on the Rams. I was thinking about how bad that offense looked against the 49ers, and I was like, yo, Bears might have a chance. That defense is something, uh, but I forgot that that offense is not, and I regretted some money I laid down last second on the Bears. So story for the listeners, Brandon texts me Monday night, and he says that he's betting on the Bears, and he says the Bears are 5-1. and one. When are we going to start putting some respect on the 5-1 and one Bears? And I replied, when they actually get a good quarterback because the, their offense is hot garbage. If the Bears would have won that game, would you have changed your tone? If the Bears were six and one, would you have been like, all right, I got I I we have to at least think about the Bears as a contender? If I mean if Nick Foles would start playing better, but they, their Tough quarterback game. situation, their offense is just abysmal. They're it's bad. just abysmal. Uh just so you know, um what's his face? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Mitch Trubisky. There you go. Undefeated. Technically, yes. <laughs> Nick Foles, two losses. Yeah, you're not wrong. Two and there. two. We'll, we'll see if there's a snow Just switch saying. in Chicago. Just saying. Um, let's go on to the Pick'em standings. Brandon and Andrew tie this past week, splitting the only two games they disagreed on. Uh, 11 and 14 each, which puts me still four games ahead of Andrew. 76 out of 105 with a 72% Pick rating, Andrew, 72 out of 105, 69%. Nice. 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 Uh, let's move on to week eight. We got a hell of a week. I think we're going to disagree on many games this week. I think we're going to disagree on a chunk of them. So this should be fun. Let's start with the Falcons against the Panthers. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the Panthers are only minus two and a half, according to Vegas. Better hammer that. Just smash it. Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers as well. I think they're finally going to hit when I when I pick them. This, this is week. the week. They're at home. Uh, the Falcons, not good. They lost another heartbreaker to Detroit last week, so going Panthers. And moving on to the Bills and the Patriots in New York. Um, in the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to have to go with them. I'm going Bills as well. The Patriots go to two and five, and that's there three is, in a row. Three in there's a row. A quarterback controversy, a brew, and up there. I, in I don't think so. I don't think so. So I am scared to pick the Bills here. I will not. I don't know. I, I might bet on this game a little bit, but not independently. Um, the Patriots losing three in a row just seems impossible. That's the only thing that scares me. Um, Titans are going to absolutely mollywop the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going Titans as well. Bengals just, uh, they can't, they won't be able to stop Derrick Henry, nor will they be able to protect Joe Burrow. Here's the first one we might disagree on, Andrew. Raiders against the Browns. I'm going Raiders. I think that they pull off the upset. Um, I think that while, when you lose that close of a game or have to barely beat the Bengals by that much. Plus they're without OBJ. Um, I could see the Raiders pulling it off. Question. There's a lot of, I've got the Raiders as well, just to be clear. So that is not a game we disagree on. Uh, the 
Browns without Odell Beckham Jr. Everybody's talking, are, is their offense better off? Is their offense better off? Overall, I'd say no. Their offense is not better off, but I would say uh, Stefanski and Baker Mayfield's jobs are a little bit easier in regards to being able to spread the ball out without Odell Beckham Jr. Right. I would agree there. But at the same time, Odell is a top, easily top 10 wide receiver. And I think when he's at his best, he's a top five wide receiver in this game. And, and that takes a lot of attention of a defense. So without that out there, they're going to really zone in on, on someone like Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and it's going to, it's going to really limit the options for Baker. So we'll, we'll have to see. Here's what I do think. Stefanski and Baker both have had the daunting, overwhelming feeling We've got to get Odell the ball. Like, we've got to find a way to do that. And now they don't have to worry about that. So that could help relieve some pressure in some aspects of their offense. I think your close personal friend, Dan Orlovsky, was talking about that on Get Up. My Um, close personal friend, Dan Orlovsky, talking to me about his triplets this week. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I think I think he was talking about that on Get Up about just how you wouldn't have to feed Odell, but it doesn't seem like that's going to make the offense very much better when he's not out there taking attention away. Yep, so the Colts are going to beat the Lions. Let's move along to Vikings versus Packers. I've got the Packers by 2 million. They're only minus yeah. six and a half. Hammer that one. Oh, yeah, I think that's that's easily hammered. Um, I'm going Packers as well. Vikings haven't looked good all year. And to think they're going to change against one of the best teams in the NFC, not happening. Kansas City is going to mollywop. The Jets, they're at minus 19 and a half. Andrew, do the Chiefs Jesus. cover or or do the Jets for the second week in a row, which would also only be their second cover of the year, cover 19 and a half? Yeah, I don't think they cover that. The Jets <laughs> screwed up my parlay last week. Um, by that was their first cover the last week. 19 points is absurd in the NFL. And uh, I, think, I think I wouldn't touch cover. that one. I think the Chiefs cover. I I am going to touch it, just so you know. Um, Rams versus Dolphins, I want you to pick first. Man, this is tough. Um, To his first start, Rams looked really good. Uh, I'm going Rams. I can't do it. I want to because because I love Tua, but Aaron Donald, I think, is just going to. I do. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think he's going to be a star. Um, But... I think Aaron Donald's going to be too much. Dolphins are going to win straight up. Um, My boy Tyler has Tua, and this is absurd. Three touchdowns, he says, to attack Vilo. Three touchdowns. I don't know about that, but I do have the Dolphins winning at home off of a bye. Um, I think Brian Flores has got all the Rams can handle on defense this week. Um, Steelers Ravens Steelers list is the underdog. I'm going to go with the Steelers again. Ooh, I think the Ravens do it. Their Ravens are at home. Um, this is always a incredibly physical game. Now, while the Pittsburgh defense is, is solid and they're definitely going to be up against Lamar Jackson. Um, I think the Ravens do it. Okay. Moving along to the chargers and Broncos. I think the Chargers are going to win, but the Broncos defense seems like every other week. Look out. This game is hard to me yep. because I uh, mean, while the Broncos aren't great, their defense played pretty well against Patrick Mahomes. Um, and it's going to be now 
the rookie uh, Justin Herbert's time against the Broncos. I'm going to go Chargers just because I have faith in more faith in Justin Herbert than I do Drew Locke, but it's I'm very shaky. I'm not very confident on that one. All right, and we got Saints Bears. This one is tougher than it appears, but I think the Bears, after that loss last week, this is a stumble point. I think the Bears are going to lose two in a row. Saints get the win. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. The Saints look pretty decent. Um, Michael Thomas, maybe he'll be back. It seems like he hasn't played in what seems like forever. If Especially if he's back, um, I think the Saints win pretty easily. This next one I would not bet on. Um, I don't even want to make a pick, to be honest with you, because the 49ers have been rolling. But, I mean, they can't even keep a running back in their lineup. Um, no way Patrick, uh, Patrick, uh, no way Russell Wilson has another game like he did last week, which by the way, still a phenomenal game. Like the best three interception game a quarterback could have the best three interception game a quarterback could have. Um, Seahawks, I'm Seahawks are going to win that game. I mean, their offense is going to go off the wall bonkers by the way, DK Metcalf. Have we talked about this? No, we couldn't have. We have not recorded an episode since that, that tackle. That run down the field was the most terrifying and exhilarating thing I've ever seen on a football field. Frank Reich even said that him and his family were talking about no it. Shit. That boy put in some effort. That's that's the hustle that this Colts team would like to see. You know, that's um, the hustle that Dallas team would like to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man, what a what a play. That's all you could say. That man is humongous and he's got blazing speed. Good for him to chase that apparent. I mean, it didn't really matter in the end, but at the same time, it looked it was a huge swing in the game because they I think I think the D- Seattle defense ended up stopping them on that drive and they got zero points out of it. So I don't remember. I think they went for it on fourth down and and they didn't get it. That so, could be true, which is I mean, incredible. H- hell of a play by DK Metcalf. So who do you got winning? I got the Seahawks pretty handily. Um, pretty handily. I mean, yeah, I think Russell Wilson bounces back. And, I mean, he had a three-interception performance. And that he's never still in the MVP run. He's still in the MVP run after three interceptions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that Russell Wilson is just on a tear this year, and I don't think the 49er defense is really going to be able to stop him. All right, Cowboys-Eagles. The I, I wouldn't bet on this game again. Um, but the Eagles, I feel like, have to win this football game. They're going to take outright lead in the division. Uh, Cowboys probably are, are on a downward downward spiral. Andy Dalton is going to be out with a concussion, yeah. so they're down to their third stringer who I don't even know his and name. And the Eagles D honestly. is good. Eagles D is, is not too bad, so, um, yeah, Eagles, I think, handle it. And finally, the Buccaneers versus the Giants. I got the Bucks. Yeah, pretty simple there. I have the Bucks. I even put in the score 35-14. I don't think they the Giants cover are hard. Do, they cover I hard. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to do anything with the Bucks. Does Antonio step foot on the field this week or is that next week that his suspension's up? Next week. That is next week, week 9. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll talk about him next week then. Um that's it for picks. I think we disagreed on one, no. Two, I think. One, two, two. You said two. Chargers? I said. You said Chargers. So Andrew can't kept, catch up this week. So um, I can cut it in half. I can cut your lead in half if I go perfect. Correct. <laughs> however, however, you're not going to go perfect because we will both definitely miss a couple games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we always do. But 
Um, let's move along, I think, to some injuries around the league. Browns wide receiver, as we mentioned before. Odell Beckham Jr. tears his ACL out for the season. Washington football team safety Landon Collins. Achilles. God, that's a lot of Achilles this year. Oh, that makes me cringe. Um, pro- believed to be done for the year. Yeah, he's going to be done for the year. Buccaneers. Yeah. Chris Godwin fractures finger, required surgery. He's going to miss Monday night's game against the Giants. Probably back next week, if I had to guess. Um, yep. Other news around the league, the Riven, the Rivens, the Rivens, ooh, the Rivens. The Ravens signed wide receiver Des Bryant to their practice squad, which I don't think this is going to come to anything. We've been, we've talked about them before. I mean, it might. I don't think Des has, I mean, he's an older wide receiver, so if anything, he's just going to be a underneath possession guy. But, hey, I mean, the guy's worked really, really hard to get back into the league. So, I mean, it's good for him to for at least landing on a practice squad. And the Cowboys trade defensive end Everton Griffin to the Lions for conditional six-round pit. Cowboys also looking to trade defensive tackle Don Terry Poe and cornerback Daryl Worley. The Cowboys are ready to rebuild. They are selling hard. And I think, honestly, I think it's not a bad thing, too, when they're when they're trading these guys. It kind of sends the message to the younger guys that your job's not secure in the NFL. And if you're not producing, you're going to be out the door. So how would you like um, to have Jalen Smith? I mean, he's for the price that he is going to commend, especially draft wise. I mean, he's a phenomenal football player. One of the best linebackers in the league. Bring him home. But but when you've got Anthony Walker and Bobby Okariki for uh, a lot less and a lot cheaper. Listen, I love uh, Bobby Okariki, but Jalen Smith is a better player than Bobby Okariki. Well, I'm not just I'm not disputing that, but at the same time, Bobby Okariki is only a second year player. And And Jalen Smith, what a third. Jalen Smith was fourth. He was at most. he was in the same grade okay. as me, so he graduated in what twenty? Yeah, dude. Seventeen. Yeah, dude. You're still a young out. baby. You're not an old fucking man like me. Okay. But he's he's easily in his fifth year. All right, moving along like here. Uh, Panthers release cornerback Eli Apple. That's a shock. Used to be one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Bengals trade defensive end Carlos Dunlap to the Seahawks. Uh, Did you see his tweet? Which one? On Sunday, after the after they lost to the Browns, this dude literally puts on Twitter that he's. He's been asking for a trade for weeks. Seahawks will sign anybody. The, here's the thing. So he's been asking the Bengals for a trade for weeks. He's been barely getting any playing time. He literally puts on Twitter that he's selling his house or selling his apartment. And then he's like, make me a serious <laughs> offer. But I did see that. You're right. Yeah. Literally tw- like 12 minutes after the game, he's doing this. Saying Hilarious. He wants to get out of Cincinnati. Hilarious. So, um, NFL plans have 20% capacity at the Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. There will be pods of six people at most separated by multiple feet. Masks required the entire time. I also thought about pulling this in, Andrew, so thanks for slapping that in there as no I problem. add a little extra. Um, but let's move it along because we've been talking a long time to Bad Beats with Brandon. All right, folks, we're going to get it moving here. Panthers, minus two and a half. Go ahead and hammer that. Minus 110. Going to make some money there. Raiders, I got them money line plus 124, by the way, Andrew. Um, Go ahead and hit them. Now, this under, when I mentioned the parlay later, is not included because you can't do that. Under 52 and a half. Go ahead and hit that. Very stout defenses at minus 114. Dolphins, money line plus 142. Packers. 
minus six and a half against the Vikings. Go ahead and hammer that. Uh, minus 122, great odds. Uh, Bills money line minus 205 against the Patriots. Uh, maybe maybe it's Patriots with the points. I don't even remember how many there were. Uh, Kansas City minus 19 and a half. Go ahead and throw it in there. Minus 110. Man, that's wild. Also hit the under at 49 because although Kansas City might score 48 on their own, the Jets are not going to score a point. <laughs> so go ahead and hit that. Pittsburgh money line plus 168. I've got three upsets so far, guys. Uh, the Titans minus five and a half i like that and that's i this can't be right i had to written down the wrong odds i have minus one two forty five there that's never the case in the spread so <laughs> I, I fucked that up uh saints money line minus 225 not all about the points there um go ahead and hit them tampa minus ten and a half i like it maybe possibly i went ahead and bet on it though they're minus 114 at, with the spread and this week's parlay, if you slap all those beautiful babies together, plus 74,104, a $5 bet is going to win you this weekend. This bet's going to hit this weekend. I'm finally going to do it. $3,705. Holy cow. Go ahead and put 10 on it. Fuck it. You want seven? You want seven grand? Do it. That's one hell of a parlay. That's a great parlay. Go ahead and hammer it. Do not touch. I repeat, do not touch Chargers, Broncos, Dallas Eagles. Then again, after we reminded, after you reminded me that Dallas is on their third string quarterback, go ahead and hammer the Eagles. <laughs> add, add them into the parlay. I'm going to add them in right now. Um, this week, guys, I got a bonus. MMA bad beats with Brandon. Um, this weekend, there's a very special man fighting. Um, but first, we'll get there. Greg Hardy's fighting this weekend as well. Uh, go ahead and hit him. Minus 355. Probably, I, I didn't check the odds, but just go ahead and poke whatever it is for him to win by KO or TKO. Um, he's a heavy favorite. And then, and then, and then, my favorite fighter of all time this weekend with his last fight in the UFC and MMA, Anderson Silva. First fighter to the scale, the former UFC middleweight champion and one of the greatest of all time, Anderson, the Spider Silva. looking for the big left hand. Outstanding head movement by Anderson. Like we said, second to none. Oh! He front kicked him in the face! Absolutely rocked! Trying to finish! It oh! is off kick in the face! Anderson Silva remains the middleweight champion! So, my favorite fighter of all time is wrapping up the career this weekend. Um, he's fighting a man named Uriah Hall, who was on the Ultimate Fighter season something. It was middleweights, and it was Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva before their second fight. Um, and Chael Sonnen, I mean, this Uriah Hall guy sent a dude to the hospital in his first fight on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, oh, wow. spinning back kick to the face, dude went to the hospital. 
it the dude was brutal okay and everybody thought oh this is the guy this is the next anderson silva he's gonna fight him for the title chael sonnen who failed to take the belt from anderson silva twice uh looked at uriah hall and said you're the guy that's gonna beat him did not happen did not happen chris weidman did that Son of a bitch. Um, but Anderson <laughs> Silva fights Uriah Hall this weekend, who's had an up-and-down career since winning the Ultimate Fighter. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter. Did he he might have lost in the finals. Dude seems to choke in big moments. So Silva is plus 180, but it's his last fight. And his last few fights that he has lost by decision, it's been ugly, he's old, he's getting slow, it's tough. Um, but I think this big moment... Anderson Silva is going to pull off the knockout. Let's hope. Let's do it. Uh, you should legend. come over. You should come over and watch that Saturday night. That's what I. I don't want to go out Saturday night. I forgot. I want to sit in, watch the UFC fights. You should come over and chill, drink some beers. That's it for bad beats with Brandon. And now we're going to wrap it up. But first, we want to tell y'all who won the contest. So we had about ten contestants enter the contest, and. We are going to go ahead and pick the random winner now. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 10. Three. Skylar Blevins! You're the winner of the $10 contest. Thank you for sharing our episode on your Facebook. Play the applause for him. Skylar Blevins, everybody. Skylar Blevins. He's in Florida. He's living the life, and now he's a $10 winner. So, Skylar, we're going to need you to DM us your Venmo or your Cash App to claim your $10 prize. Uh, That's it, everybody. We've been talking forever, and I know you love to hear it. Um... Colts are going to win this weekend, Andrew. What do you think? I think so. I think we get to five and two. I think we take care of business in Detroit, and then let's move on to the Ravens and our the toughest stretch of the schedule. So it's going to be a tough November. So it's they we need to get things taken care of. It's great to be back after the bye. Colts football. I don't know if our back, buddy. Baby. I don't know if our buddy, uh, uh, indie fan and Cincy or whatever the hell his Twitter is. Uh, listens to the show anymore. However, he did say if the Colts can win a couple in November that we shouldn't or, or or probably won't, if we can pull off a win or at least split with Tennessee, he sees us possibly winning the division and going to the playoffs this year, and I like that attitude. I, I like the attitude. I do think that those two games against Tennessee will probably decide the division um, so, well, they're very important games, very important, uh, month of November, but we can't overlook Detroit and it starts with Detroit. Let's go take care of business. Go follow us at the educated fan. That's at T H E E H D U C A T E D F A N. Thanks everybody. Go Colts. Go Colts. Peace. I fucking love football and I love you guys. Hey. Hey. Here comes the. Here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it like, yeah, here comes the.